Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello everybody and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Burn, Nick, and with me today... We have the president of Villager Cigars North America. We have Renee Castaneda. How are you, Renee? Very good, my friend. Listen, it's a, it's an honor. It's a pleasure. Maybe what? A couple of months, three months last time that we spoke? Uh, you know, I hate to admit it. It may very well have been um, February or March. No, yeah, more. It I was, remember because it was when because, you came on as a sponsor at that or a partner yeah. of ours. Yeah, it's been a little bit. No, no, actually, more. You're right because I now I remember that we postponed it for a week because it was the first time that I got COVID. You got COVID. That was January. Yes, that was January. Yes. So yeah, <laughs> it's been a been a minute, and uh, it's been a minute. There's, I mean, it's been too long, but uh, there's been a lot that's happened in that meantime, and uh, we're prepping to get ready for the PCA and everything here. What? This up, I mean, we're recording this on you know Monday, July third. You're what four days out from the start of the show, correct? Pretty much, yes. Um, <laughs> I think the team is flying on Thursday to Las Vegas. Uh, Vegas. I'll be flying out to Las Vegas on Friday because it's this weekend, the uh, July. You know, it's the eighth, the ninth, the tenth, and half day of the of the eleventh. So we're we're there. We just now waiting to get on the plane get there and have some fun there you go well let's have some fun today and you have sent <laughs> me a special treat here and i wanted you to talk about this um you sent the villager 1888 this is the nicaragua yes. correct yes sir you know this is one of the releases that we have for the pca uh the villager 1888 nicaragua the reason for the name first, our company was established in 1888. So that's the reason that we have now this second version. The first is the Villiger 1888 Dominican, which is a mild cigar. This one, I, I would say mild, plus mild to medium. Uh, and this one uh, that has the newest one, the latest one, the blue band, the Villiger de Nicaragua, it's made at our new factory in Esteli, Nicaragua, Villager de Nicaragua. And uh, this is a medium to full body cigar. Uh, it, it, has, it has personality, let me put it this way. The filler and the bind, the filler is Nicaraguan with Pennsylvania broadleaf. Okay. The binder is Nicaraguan and the wrapper is an Ecuador Sumatra. So this is, I would say, a cigar with personality, with character. It's a... Uh, Unless you're into just full body cigars, it shouldn't be your first cigar of the day. It should be more like an after lunch. <laughs> well, it is going to be my first cigar of the day, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> no, it's a medium to full. I mean, again, it's okay. not, you know, overpowered with nicotine. It's just it has a lot of flavors and it has a lot of personality, and you're going to feel it in your senses. Let me put it in a nice, politically correct <laughs> way. Well, I had breakfast, so I figure that's a plus just in and of itself. That, I, that is a plus. Yeah. It's, a, it's a pleasant cigar. Listen, it, it has – I'm not an expert on describing cigars in any fancy way, but I will say, you know, especially it has this sweetness – 
you know, the, the regular, you know, nuts, regular, a little bit of cedar. I would say chocolate, mocha type of uh, of uh, the impressions that I get out of the cigar. Okay. But it, it, the most important is like this sweetness, caramelish uh, type of finish. So you will see it's a very pleasant cigar. Again, with personality. Well, I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. And let's go ahead and get it prepped and ready here. And the official cutting is brought to you by Dan the Man Ponder over there at Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And guys, Dan the Man Ponder, he uh, he's always got stuff going on. He had a nice uh, event the other night for um, one of his customers. Uh, it was a birthday party, I believe. And, uh, you know, he had like maybe like 50 guys sitting out front just hanging out you know, just having a nice time. And that's the thing about, you know, a, a community cigar shop like that is there's always something going on, whether it's an actual mm-hmm. formal event with a, with a company or if it's something with the customers. But he's got all kinds of great cigars over there. He's got the lounge. He's got the nice area out front, you know, under the patio to sit and relax. And uh, so if you're in the St. Louis area, swing on by and check it out. And if you're not in the St. Louis area, he does mail order, so you can give him a call. You can get some great cigars shipped to you, and uh, you can still support a brick-and-mortar shop. So that's Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and cut my cigar. <laughs> there you go. Got to get that cut noise in there. So, all no, right. No, we're getting, we're getting uh, uh, ready with this uh, trade shows. It's... Uh... You know, I've seen a lot of announcements, a lot of new things are coming uh, from all over the place. But, you know, we have these two. We can talk about the second one in a, in a, in a bit. Yeah. But it's mainly the, the Filigre 1888 Nicaragua. And the second one is the the new edition of the Filigre Miami 2023. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if you received the, 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 the samples of it. I, uh, I, I think that I did of the Toro, right? Yeah. Last year it yes. was a uh, uh, Lancero. Actually, last year we put the total production was ten thousand cigars, but we made five thousand on the robusto, five by fifty, and then we put five thousand cigars on the lancero, which oh, okay. is the classic laguito numero uno, number one. This uh, seven and a half by thirty-eight. Okay, and in these Miami twenty twenty-three, you know, we use a traditional, I would say, Cuban size. Cubans call it Cañonazo, and it's a five and seven eighth by 53. So it's almost like a six by 53, sort of like a Toro Gordo type of uh, uh, sizes. We use our own uh, names for the for the sizes. Okay. So it's that. Similar blend, and I say similar because we added one leaf of Peruvian tobacco to the original blend of, uh, of the Villager Miami. Just to make it more aromatic, you know, the the, okay. the, the, the 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 Peruvian tobacco has this quality of enhancing the flavors and make it the tobacco more aromatic, without changing too much the strength and the and the and the the general character of the scar. Okay, well, no, you did send me one of those along with this 1888, and I'm looking forward to giving that a shot as well because I'll <laughs> say that Villiger Miami the uh, in the Lancero size. Um, what, you know, for lack of a better description, I know you said you have your own, uh, size names and everything, but I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't remember off the top of my head what you said that one was. Um, but, uh, the, that way in the, in the Lancero size was, was a fantastic smoke and I'm really looking forward to trying it more in this, in this, uh, Vitola just to see I think that the I, difference. I, I think that we spoke, you know, for me, my favorite size of that Miami was the, the Lancero. 
mean, I, and I told you the story, you know, the original, when we started that project, we started with the Lancero size. And by the way, I didn't invent the other name. The other name was invented by the Cubans. And it's called Laguito <laughs> number one. Laguito number one. <laughs> number okay. one. Okay. Exactly. It's a classic Lancero for the Cubans. It's Laguito number one. Okay. But that was the original size because when we put this cigar, when we developed this cigar, the intention was not to put the cigar in the market. It was for me to have an special cigar in the office when friends, colleagues, customers come to visit us to have something unique to give them. For sure. So for the last two years, that was a cigar that I had in, in, in my office. But uh, how do they say? Like by popular demand, we had uh, <laughs> to put uh, <laughs> some boxes. And it was the reason that uh, the main reason that it was a limited edition. First, it's a difficult uh, size to roll one of the most difficult because of the ring gauge. Uh, and uh, second, it's uh, all the tobacco that we were using was from 2015, 2016. So it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a challenge to replicate that. And we made it, you know, as many cigars that we could make that yeah. that was the, the reason for it. I mean, yeah, you had a finite amount of tobacco from that time and, you know, you could only do what you could do basically. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. Absolutely. So now, now this year we're going with the two, uh, once the 1888 uh, Nicaragua, which I'm gonna wait a little bit, you know, you're you're. you're uh, I'm doing um, a cold draw right now, and I'm getting um, kind of a mix of of like um, a nut, kind of a roasted nuttiness with some earthiness, to, just slight earthiness to it um, on the cold draw. But I'm looking forward to lighting this thing up and uh, and seeing what I get on that. So I'm just gonna go ahead and do that. Go for it, baby. I'm going for it. I'm going for it. I don't know why I've been waiting. I just, you know. No, it's it's um, it's a crazy time for crazy times for all of us in the cigar industry because you know the 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 PCA is like what like the equivalent to the Super Bowl, you know, for us. It's the big deal. uh, We we usually uh, present our new products for the year at the at the at the PCA. So it's always a challenge. It's always fun. It's a lot of competition. And uh listen, we need to showcase the best of the best because there are excellent cigars out there. You know, so you there really are. need to you really have to, you know, get your game in place to make sure that you put the best of the best uh, to to compete uh with the in the mayor leagues. Let me put it that way. Yeah, no for sure. <laughs> I mean it's one of those things where um we're in a time where it seems like there's a lot of really good cigar options out there and you know for the consumer walking in the humidor they have they 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 can go wrong but but generally it's very hard for them to go wrong and so you know like you're pointing out you got to come out with something that really stands above and is superior and and uh you know really uh catches the eye and catches the smoker and everything else and so i mean i you know i have been a fan of your of your line and your products for a while um we've been promoting them on the show i know that we've had a number of listeners that have uh you know found out about your cigars and have posted in um you know our social media channels and whatnot that they've been trying and smoking the villager cigars and so uh hopefully they have uh gone out and found them and enjoyed them um they seem to have but uh, how has that been? I mean, that was kind of kind of the part of the deal with you know you and I kind of partnering up here and everything is that listen, you know, I, I have to keep coming into North I, America like this, and I want to know yes, how it's I going. have to give it. 
I have to give it to your to your audience, you know, from first to talk about that because whenever some of your listeners are buying our cigars, listen, I get the what is it called? Attacked in the post in social yeah. media for let to let me know that they heard about us through you. So that's the reason that they're mainly connected to our cigars. Listen. We're growing. It's it's a very good uh, exercise. It's a very good year. I think at this point we are more almost 580 some last time checks stores in the U.S. We keep uh, uh, growing and adding uh, more retailers. You know, we also want to make sure that we focus in the areas where we have sales representatives on the field to make sure that we're to make sure that we're giving the right uh, customer service to the you know, to the retailers, to the customers, to do the events, to do the promotions. So, so you know, it's it's we're here for the long term. You know, yeah. we were not expecting like to be uh, the next uh, flavor of the month. We're here, committed to stay, to come, and to be part of the regular rotations of the cigars that you and our friends and the main of the consumers, the most of the consumers will have in the humidor. That we're always part of the rotation, and that doesn't happen overnight. That you have to be committed for the long term. Because not all the blends and the cigars that you put out in the market are going to be successful. So this is a step-by-step thing because, uh, you know, you might enjoy this, but maybe I'm going to enjoy more the Villager Miami. So it is for the people to discover our cigars and and and, and do this. And by the way, that takes me to, uh, did I send you samples of the new Villager TAA 2023 or not yet? Not yet. But I always, that, that, I always no, look no, forward. Listen. I, I assumed that it was going to be later since I believe didn't they push that back in the year? Or did no, that... actually, actually, we are or delayed. Is that next year? It's next year because okay. they put it for later. But you know, the reason that I bring up the the, the the TAA because this is the only brand that we go and work with different manufacturers in order to get another set of exposure to another audience to our cigars. So like in 2020, we did with Ernesto Perez Carrillo. Then in 21, we did with Hochi Blanco Tabacalera Palma. 22, we did Eric Espinosa, La Zona. This year, we did Aganorsa. So I need oh. to make sure that we get that one. I think it's a fantastic stick. And uh, we started shipping them last week. Okay. We were supposed to put them out on April. It's just that we were uh, uh, delayed on, on the exercise of the packaging. The, the problem was the packaging. The cigars were made by Arganosa since December last year. So, I mean, the good thing is the cigars were resting for another five, six months. So that's a beautiful thing for the cigars. But yes, we started shipping. Uh, so if, if any of your listeners see that one, it's the one with the green band, the TAA 2023 was made by Arganorsa, but you know that they have great tobaccos and they are amazing, uh, the blends that they're putting out in the market. So that's one of the venues that we also, or the channels that we use to get more exposure to our cigars is that we use the TAA to that make that bridge to new audiences, new consumers, people that might not be familiar with, let's say, Villager, but they're more familiar with Arganosa to give us um, a, a track. Once again, I go back. It's a, it's a, it's a long-term process. It's a step-by-step adding, you know, customers here, customers there, people to get, uh, to become fans of our cigars. For sure. And that makes perfect sense that you would partner with, you know, on that cigar. Cause like you said, you know, in 2020, 
you know, you're bringing in the EPC fans to try one mm-hmm. of your cigars. And, and 21, you're bringing in Hochi Blanco, correct? Yes, Hochi and, Blanco, and yes. Then, and then last year with Eric Espinosa. I mean, it, it makes perfect sense uh, to do that. And, I mean, I, I'm a huge Agonorsa Leaf fan. I mean, I smoke a lot of their cigars. I really enjoy them a lot. And... Um, you know, so I'm looking forward now to trying the, not that I wasn't before, but now I'm really looking forward to trying the <laughs> TAA 2023. I'll still say, man, I'll still say <clears throat> of the three that I have tried, the 2021 and 22, um, that 2020 from EPC is just lights out, is just such an, and I have one left in my humidor inside <laughs> that every time I look at it, I'm like, oh, I want to smoke you, but I don't want to smoke you, you know, because it's like, I just don't want it to go, but yeah, it's just such a great cigar. No, but, you know, it's, we really go to, these manufacturers are pretty much our close friends, and, and they know that we're reaching out to them to support what we're trying to do in the in the in the US. And by doing that, you know, we want to make sure that we work on a cigar that they are very proud of. And it's not just another cigar like listen, make sure that you're shining as much as possible because we're gonna give you the spotlight to shine. And that's the way that we work with all of them. And all of them has been very, very supportive and 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 is by the way becoming a bit easier now because the people believe in that project that we have. And the manufacturers are more open-minded to work with us on on, on these uh, special exercise for us. Yeah, for sure. So real quick, before we get into, you know, kind of, sorry, I've got bugs flying around, Um, you know, kind of PCA and and some of the things, I have some questions regarding that for this year and next year. Um, But one of the things that I think it would be important to do um, is uh, maybe just real quick give the little, you know, background on Villiger. So, you know, we've we've pointed out that you guys are big overseas and you're kind of, you know, you've been for the last number of years uh, breaking into the United States. And as you've put it, you know, it's a slow it's not it's not a sprint. It's a it's a long run, you know, and everything like that. But just kind of talk about, you know, the company as a whole and kind of what you've been doing here in the United States. Oh, for sure. As I told you from at the beginning, the company was established in Switzerland in 1888. So we have been long time, especially in the tobacco business, especially on the machine made uh, uh, cigar business. We have people have seen some of our brands like the Filiger Export or the Branif or many others that we that we have put in the market. And uh, about, I would say, 25 years ago, 20 20 to 25 years ago, the company decided to get into the handmade business, mainly because Mr. Heinrich Villiger, still the owner of the company, this is a family company, even though that, uh, that uh, we are a massive operation, it's still a family owned, owned by, by the Villiger family. He saw that the future of this business was going to be the handmade cigars. So it was the time that we needed to switch as a company to 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 the handmade, to the premium side of the business, because as much as the cigarettes were regulated, you know, the next step was to regulate all the machine-made, the cigarettes. So it was important for the company to secure a long-term future to move into the premium side. So that was a decision made 20, 25 years ago. And maybe about 10 years ago is when the company, remember, headquarters, the company is based out of Switzerland and uh, the main operations for the machine made is one factory in Switzerland, two factories in Germany, 
and one factory in the Indonesia. So those massive operations for the for the machine made. Then we decided to move into the handmade, and about ten years ago, we say we know the company decided to to move in into the U.S. because we, we always had just a little presence in the U.S. Uh, and eight years ago, I came on board to try to give direction, especially if having the goal of making a name and open the the, 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 the the way for the handmade cigars because that was sort of like my expertise and it was my 27 years in the cigar business has been in the in the handmade cigar business so that was the reason that uh, that uh, the company gave me the opportunity to 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 run the show to try to put the brands out there and I again like we were talking I explained uh, the company that uh it was gonna be a and a slow process, but you know, step solid, good foundation to make a real brand, not to create the flavor of the month. That's what I was trying to to tell them. You know, I can make the magic to make and sell a lot of cigars, and them in a year will disappear. But the strategy is different when you are trying to build up a brand uh, with a company that has a lot of background, for good or for bad. You know, we were known for machine-made cigars, so it was also a process to transition to show the people that were familiar with the Villiger name that uh, we knew and we had the expertise, you know, to make handmade cigars. And even to show that commitment, so we opened the first handmade factory in Brazil. Uh, maybe uh, that's, that's about seven years ago. Okay. And uh, at the end of 2001, we opened the factory in Nicaragua, Villiger de Nicaragua. Uh, and the, we did the grand opening now at the beginning of the year. And the reason for that, it was COVID was there. So we couldn't do any grand opening until finally at the beginning of this year. So that factory has been operating since October 2021. 21. We, yes. And we have a great partner by Aban Cigars, the, the exclusive Maya World Cigars in the Dominican uh, uh, Republic. And this is a, a large factory that we have as a partner in Santo Domingo, actually not in Santiago, but in Santo Domingo. So that's part of, of our commitment. We keep moving in, you know, putting more foundation to, to the handmade cigars, you know, on one side to make sure that the brand as handmade company keeps growing in, in, in Europe and Switzerland, Germany, France. So we have Villiger operations like commercial entities. There is Villiger Switzerland, there is Villiger Germany, there is Villiger France. We have a massive export international department and we have the, 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 the Villiger, you know, North America, which we handle the business on this side of the, of the pond. So it's that, we keep moving, we keep taking the steps and making brands that we are blends, that we're proud of that uh, we can uh, build legacy for the brand, that we can leave a future for the brand. And uh, and it's, it's tricky, but it's a little bit different, is that we are not building the brand based on the personality of anybody. It's not like I'm going to the stores, I'm doing all the events, or you see me like everywhere, because I'm more the business guy behind the scenes, putting the puzzle together for the things to move uh, around. We're trying to build the Villiger brand as a brand uh, and not as a cult of a personality, you know, and there is nothing wrong with the, with the other ones because I think that is a great tool that facilitate a lot of things when the people can connect with one person and the brand, especially when you're talking about cigars and, and, and 
these uh, you know, nice products that need that personal connection. So it's a little bit more challenging when you're doing it without, let's say, a, a face of the brand. Yeah, I can think of a couple brands that, you know, if maybe the face were to go away, you kind of sit there and you wonder like, okay, where would that brand be without that person? You know, yes. And, yes. and it does lead to a question of <clears throat> what is the history of that brand without that? Because let's be real. Our time is all fleeting. You know, I mean, oh, yes. You know, it's oh, one yes. Of those things, you know. Um, so, no, that's, so that's an company, interesting thing that you're you're thinking, you know, down the road for that purpose. Yeah, we, we're building a legacy brand and we need to do it without the cult of the personality. So that's part of the exercise. And that's the reason that uh could be a little bit more challenging because most of the brands in the U.S. has been built up out of the owner, the person, the brand ambassador, whoever that you know person might be, and uh, and makes the connection easier because at the end of the day you want to give a little bit of personality to this because if not at the end this is just a bunch of dry leaves rolled together. So you want to? <laughs> no, that's true. And see, and and, <clears throat> and talking with retailers. And, you know, doing a little bit of, you know, sales myself, you know, when I was helping out with uh, Dan at Riverman, you know, what I have found is that, um, you know, cigars that have a story behind them and a, a, a story that is not overly complicated, something that's like kind of easily packaged to where you can tell that retailer, hey, this is the story behind this cigar the story gets them engaged with that cigar and then in turn they get engaged with that story and they get their customers engaged with that story and then at that point that story is kind of what's helping sell the cigar you know above and beyond brand recognition and everything else you know it's like people like I, story, I agree you know Lisa, I agree I think of any cigar of any brand 50% is to have a great cigar the other 50% is to have a very good story to tell about that cigar mm -hmm. that's something that connects with you something that relates to you something that you can feel identified with for example and, and the, so the Miami you know that what your your story with that is that <clears> that was <throat> the exclusive cigar for visitors to your your Miami office, office. And, yes. and everything else and then you know the demand was high so you were released it for people to try elsewhere and everything else i mean it's a simple story it's totally yes. totally true simple story totally true and not only and not only that it was the customers that started calling the cigar the villager the miami cigar renee i go. was at your office the cigar that you gave us in miami that villager in miami so we didn't even have to go to the marketing gurus to get the name of the cigar because the customers were actually even calling the cigar because I was giving the cigar without a band. It was a naked yeah. Lancero that I was giving out to the people. And they were the ones that gave me the name. Like, you see, that's the reason that even today I have it in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect, though. That's perfect. So <laughs> so it is it is important. I think, you know, I, I, I don't think that I'm, I'm, I'm being, uh, like, you know, putting too much emphasis on that one. But I think the story is as important as as the blend. You know, you really need a good cigar because at the end of the day, this starts and ends with a very good blend. Uh, let's not forget that. But you need to give the consumer a way to connect to that blend. You know, if giving them that story, the people can relate uh, to it. So that's, that's part of it. As I told you, it's a little bit challenging, but it's fun too. It's a different exercise. You need to find your ways to, to do it. That's mainly the reason that maybe you see in our social media, mainly pictures of 
the cigars. You know, we're yeah. always featuring the cigars in different ways, but it's all about the cigar. So, you know, we're, we're working. You know, fortunately, the Mr. Heinrich Willeker understands that this is a process and uh, and uh, we take steps that we measure pretty much every quarter, every year to see the evolution of the of the brand, the, the, the respect that we're gaining for the brand in the market, and the fact that we're connecting with the consumers in the in the in the US in a solid, you know, a mature way. So that's that's we're proud of what we have done. There is a long uh, way to go. <laughs> <laughs> for sure and we need your support and your friend supports to to make it happen because if not we're just talking crap over here <laughs> there you go there you go well thankfully the cigars are fantastic so uh that makes half your job that much easier right there so i i agree i agree on yep. that one i was talking to a friend of mine like listen you give me a great cigar i can do magic with that but it has to be a great cigar <laughs> And speaking of which, I'm really enjoying this Villiger 1888, the Nicaragua here. So the the like you said, it's it's kind of a it's not overly strong. I mean, I would say, um, like you said, kind of a medium, but it is yeah. it is very flavorful. Um, now, granted, I'm only maybe just starting to finish the first third of it, so I'm kind of still getting into the cigar. So. No, and I told you, but you're right. It's a medium. Solid medium body, maybe medium plus yeah. the strength. And that's the thing. Maybe flavorful. maybe as I get into it later, maybe it's going to get a little bit stronger. But for right, yeah, flavor. It's a, fl- it's a lot of flavor. It's like of- you have a lot of things going on over there, which I think the fact that we're using that Pennsylvania broad leaf <laughs> in the filler give that an extra twist. <laughs> for sure. Um it's very good, and uh, I got a little tickle in my throat there. I <laughs> don't want people thinking I'm coughing because of cigars. Like, no, <laughs> and a little tickle in my throat. But um, no, it's been really good, and I've done. Uh, I mean, super smooth retro hail, and um, doesn't. I mean, normally I'm very bad about that. Normally I hack up a lung when I do a retro, <laughs> but it's really smooth. And that's where, um, I, I have noticed that, that kind of, like you said, you said there was like a mocha, you know, kind of the, uh, flavor to the cigar. Yes. I kind of get that on the smoking experience, but the nuttiness comes through on the, uh, on the retro hail there. It's really, really good. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's not what I expected. Typically, when I see Nicaragua on a cigar, I think, okay, this is going to be a spice bomb. It's going to slip my throat, you know, no. that kind of thing. This is, this, is, this is a good example of a Nicaragua cigar that's not spice forward. You know, um, most cigars from Nicaragua just tend to be that way. Listen, I will, I, will, I will say this, you know, in this one, complexity, a lot of flavors. If there is any spicy, I can relate that spiciness to the cinnamon spice, not to the peppery thing. Yeah. So it's a complete different exercise when it comes to, yes, there is a tingling in your, in your tongue, but it's not pepper, you know, it's it's something else. I mean, the closest thing that comes to my mind is cinnamon uh, uh, by itself when you try it, that you can have the same sort of impression 
in your in your mouth you know make them something too technical today i don't know why <laughs> i don't know i don't know but yeah no it's great so uh let's i i i before we get into i i keep backing up on stuff here but um you said something during the discussion about the company that i wanted to touch on and it's more specific to you so you've been in the premium cigar industry for what you say 27 years 27 years so yes sir let, let's talk about your background a little bit then so so you've been with villiger for eight years correct that's what you yes. said so by my count that leaves you with 19 years in the cigar industry kind of what did you do yes. during that 15 years i was working with uh, la aurora cigars okay and uh, and i was running pretty much the distribution in the u.s for the last seven eight years listen i started in the cigar business by pure accident Okay. Uh, I'm 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 an industrial engineer by trade, uh, and I came in what is it '97 to the business, and it was the middle of the cigar boom, the first cigar boom yeah. in '97, and uh, all the companies were looking for a guy that knew about logistics, inventories, and speak English and Spanish. So pretty much know. that was uh, that was me. So I started in in that one. I got never smoked not even cigarettes in my life when i started in the in the business I mean, at that time was well like maybe 25 yeah 25 27 no 27 i'm 54 now so pretty much half of my life has been in the in the in the cigar business so when i started i was more in the administration the inventory the logistics of, of all that uh, then i went and ventured into sales in florida after that one i ventured into sales to in the in the north uh, east so I was living like, for 10 years in the New York uh, area. Then after that one, I came back to Miami to start running the operations uh, uh, in Miami. Then I decided that it was time to, 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 to fly solo. And I, I started several projects until I was... I, I was in France, in, in Cannes. For whatever reason, I'm working on one of these uh, projects. And, and, and this one, I think always the language part takes me different places. In this case was they needed somebody in the cigar business that speak French. So like, okay, I'm that guy too. So let me go <laughs> to that project. <laughs> so I went to, to France to take care of the, this uh, international duty-free trade show. And at that time was when the guys from Habanos, you know, that I know them for many, many, many years, told me like, listen, after the show, let's have a conversation and we'll talk a little bit because I think that we have a project for you. I didn't have any clue about what was going to be. I was just looking forward to have a cigar after a day of the trade show. So I went with the guys. We're having a cigar. We have a little rum. And they told me about Villager. Villager is looking for somebody to use their, to run the U.S. operations. Think about it, you know, and uh, that might be an opportunity. So we talked back and forth until finally, you know, we we... We agreed to, to to work together, and that has been the, the the main reason that I got from Laurora to be working independently completely and, and doing some consulting. To they told me like, listen, we really need this, but we need a full time guy that is committed because it's not a one year project. We're talking about a ten year project at the very least, you know, to 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 execute. So that was that was the part. I evolved in the business. I learned the cigars by doing it. Uh, as I told you, my only knowledge was the engineering part of the logistics process and, and all that, the main reason that I came to this business. But then with the years, you get in love with them. You learn to smoke. You learn uh, to appreciate cigars. Start going to the factories, the tobacco fields, and try to learn a little bit. 
You have no idea how much respect I do have for the master blenders of this business. I think that these people do some magic when they're putting cigars together. Uh, I will never even try to, to, to make myself or to pretend that I'm a, a master blender. I always tell the people, listen, I am the guy that, that has like the final word of what goes to the market. That doesn't make me a master blender. I'm just a guy that say yes or no. Yeah, That's it's good. Blend. Go. Yeah. It's good. Go. <laughs> I like it. We can sell it. Let's go. Uh, but that you know doesn't make me a master blender as much as you want to call me. You know, I'm not. Listen, I can tell you, I can tell the master blenders we need to lower down the strength. We can make it a little bit more spicy. I don't know how to translate that to tobacco. Use this tobacco that I have no idea and then the fact that they can make a blend and then, okay, they will tell me, Renee, we can make this and we can make it consistently because then the other parties comes into place. You know, it's quite easy to make a great cigar once. To make it consistently is a completely different exercise. So you need to make sure that you have the tobacco, the tools, the resources to make it happen. So all that you learn just over the years because as far as I know, there is no school to go and study tobacco. There is no people going to university because I'm going to go out and go to the tobacco industry. The only way in this industry is you have to go and do it and learn it. And there is a lot of people with a lot of knowledge that we should um, mean, show more appreciation and respect because there's a lot of knowledge to be, you know, Required over the years to to even to make uh, crazy cars, to run factories, to do this. The people are more familiar with people like me and the, uh, we, the sales guy that go out to the stores and sell it and, and do it and present and do the events. But there is a lot going on behind the scenes of, of that. So yeah, in, 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 a, in a very condensed way was that. I was an administration guy, inventory, logistics. I went to sales. I was in sales for like 15 years. Then I came to manage the distribution of La Aurora. Then I was working as a consultant for different companies. And then I became the head of... Uh, of Villager for the for the U.S. operations, I'm trying to to make this. You know, my commitment is give me ten years to put uh, this on the map. So I'm already number eight, starting number eight. So <laughs> <laughs> clock is ticking, there, buddy. Clock, clock is, is ticking. Yes. <laughs> no, no, I you know I think that's really cool, and you know what it, fa- it always fascinates me because <clears throat> it seems like you have you have two types of people in the cigar industry. You have you have those that. Um, Maybe we're born into a family that's been doing it forever and it's just kind of part of their blood and they're part of their, their family bloodline. And, and, you know, it's one of those things where they're just kind of almost um, from from childhood on up that they just know that's what they're going to do. They're going to get into cigars. Um, but then what the it's the other half that kind of really fascinates me. It's the people like you that come in from from other professions. And, you know, you I hear a lot of people that they were big in finance or maybe they were in in law or, you know, in your case, you know, an an engineer. I mean, these are all professions where let's be real. You can, you can go out and you can make a ton of money if you want to do that. And, and I'm not, you know, I'm sure you're probably doing fine. I'm not asking that question, (laughs) but uh, you know, but it's one of those things where like you almost have to wonder, you know, some of these, let's be real. And I don't know about in your case, again, I'm not asking, but like, Perhaps you could have done better as an engineer, but the the love of the products brings you into into the 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 industry, and it's almost like 
you know, you're you're doing what you want and it becomes a passion job. And I think that's really fun. It is. I think I don't remember. I think it was Nestor Miranda that once once told me, uh, listen, the problem with the cigar industry, this is like riding a horse. Once you get on, it's very difficult to get off. And even <laughs> if they kick you out or get off the, the horse, you try to get back again <laughs> because it becomes this uh, thing. It's, it's a very good industry. It's a very small industry. Uh, I think, you know, it's an industry with, with a lot of future that a lot of things can be done, changed, specialized. I think, you know, from an engineering point of uh, view view of it. Uh, so it's, it's, it's that. There is a lot of ideas that I listen when I talk to the people, a lot of new approaches to this uh, business that could be implemented because we still behave in a very old-fashioned way when it comes to the making of the cigars, the cultivation of the cigars, there is very little, you know, uh, uh, new things going on. All this is more traditional art craft going on. Yeah. So that makes it interesting. Even on the marketing part, it's now when we see all these crazy new ideas because we have this influx of younger people coming into the business to present uh, 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 ideas. I mean, I think that the last major change of this industry was brought by Drew Estate when they brought acid to the market. Yeah. You know, and 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 like that, this company need the new generations to 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 give new approach, new perspective to the future of the of the business. So I hope that uh, the FDA with regulations doesn't close the door to the development of new products because the excitement is on the new products. I mean, I don't care how much you love one brand, but I know that you don't smoke the same brand every single time because if not, it becomes boring. Yeah, you yeah. know, the, 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 the beauty of this is I try this, I try that. I might have my favorites, but I'm always cherrying and picking what to smoke next, next because that is the fun part of it. So I hope that within the regulations of the FDA, we don't get into no, you don't, you cannot use more and do more and not change this and don't change that because it's, it's it will be a sad day for for the industry and for us, the consumers. Because again, I think I'm talking as a consumer when I say the fun part of this is trying new cigars. Well, yeah, and you've said it before, and I respect the fact that you say it, which is, you know, look, we're not necessarily saying only smoke Villiger. We're saying, you know, just maybe try us, and if you like us, include us in your rotation. In the rotation, yes. And then that way, you know, like, we become part of your smoking experience. We don't, you know, because some of these, you know, there are brands that... uh, you know, they just they 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 just want to be like the brand, and like you said, you know, it, it gets boring if you're if you're focusing on just one thing. You know, listen, you don't drink the same bourbon all day long. You don't drink the same beer all day long. You know, you yeah. don't drink the same wine because it becomes boring. That's part of the of the of the fun to to do it. So, listen, it's my two cents on 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 this one from the consumer point of view. I'm also. I also go to the stores. I also buy the cigars. I'm always pre- impressed with the stories that I get, you know, about uh, the cigars and the new things that a company might be trying on the blending, uh, blending uh, side of uh, of the cigars. So I also enjoy that, you know, because I like cigars and I want to be smoking different things. Listen, I have a rule: one cigar a day has to be one that is non a non vinegar cigar. You know, that's I smoke three, four cigars a day. One has to be a non-filigree cigar. 
have to keep it fun. Right? That's right. that's part, and it's part of my learning, you know, process. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's going to become relevant here in a little bit when we get into another segment. But first, okay. why don't we go ahead and get into the, the <clears throat> tune up the pipes, the Villiger Entertainment Report here, and this is the part <laughs> where you know that that little that little Villiger that little. Diddy there. I mean, we have listeners that will tell us that when they're in the humidor and they see your cigars, that little just pops to their mind. So it's all about the the tune, you know. It's, you just gotta get the tune. So, um, but anyway, um, this is your segment where we talk about you know kind of what what we've been cons- entertainment we've been consuming because uh, people are always looking for suggestions on TVs, movies, podcasts, books, whatever it is they've been consuming. So, Renee, what kind of uh, what kind of entertainment do you uh, have you been consuming lately? In the last one that I was very impressed, it was in Netflix, the documentary about the Tour de France. Yeah. Mm. Uh, amazing you know I, i've been a, you know a, a fan of the tour de france so it's not like i'm new to the tour de france i yeah. just gained more appreciation about the tour de france by watching that i highly recommend it's recommend that it's well done well produced well executed and even if you have no clue about cyclism you should watch it it's a very well done a documentary about a sport that is very famous in europe even very famous in south america but it's I mean, I think that we only heard about this when we had Lance Armstrong and the yeah. whole, but that's about it. But in the rest, I mean, I think it's one of the most watched sports after soccer and, and basketball and baseball. It's, it's right there on the top five. Yeah. I highly recommend uh, that one. What else I've done? A uh, book that I read a month ago, maybe two months ago. All the light we cannot see. Okay. And uh, for the people that don't read books, I think it's coming uh, to Netflix by the end of the year. Uh, it's a super cool story based during the Second World War. Um, very entertaining, very, very good flow of, of the lecture. Actually, I didn't read the book. I heard the book. I did the audio book part of it. Yes, because it was. I started with the audio book. I said, like, you know what? This is so much fun. Let me just keep going with the with the audio book. So all the light we cannot see by I think Anthony Dorr is the name of the author. Okay. Uh, uh, very good one. What else? What else I've done uh, lately? No, I think that will be. You know, lately I've been that book. What was the other one that I was reading? Uh, no, the other ones have been technical books, you know, marketing books, branding books, and whatever books yeah. that uh, that unless you're into a specific subject, they tend to be boring. But uh, those two things, the, the 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 Tour de France documentary Netflix and the All the Light We Cannot See as a book, and you can even look at it. I think I saw the announcement like by December, November, the, the, the whatever Netflix uh, uh, will is producing the show, you know, to, to put the book into a, a guy. I think the guy won the Pulitzer Prize or one of these special prizes, you know, for for great book type of thing. So those are my things. How about you? Okay. Well, um, for me, um, I like documentaries a lot, so I'm definitely interested in this Tour de France one that you mentioned. Um, but uh, I went a little different path this recently, <laughs> and I watched one on HBO called Jared from Subway. 
And okay. it's all about Jared Fogle. The, 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 the guy? The, the commercial guy? Yeah, the guy who was fat and became skinny and uh, based off eating Subway sandwiches and then turned out to be really into child porn. And, uh, yes, I remember yeah, the news no, about this. <laughs> it's... Uh, He's a creep. He's a creep. So uh, if you're into some, like, kind of creepy true crime slash, you know, oh, my, that was bad marketing, you know, as it turns out. I mean, they didn't know at the time. But, you know, it's like, yeah, it was an interesting little insight into the Jared from Subway guy. Um, <laughs> you know, podcast-wise, um, I I listened to a bunch of different stuff. And uh, somehow or another, I was I was reading an article. And I don't even remember what the article was, but they in that buried in that article was a reference to a podcast that just the name of it caught my attention. And I had to look it up. And I'm now uh, two episodes in out of how many are here? Total of 13. Okay, so I've got 11 to go, but it's called Mm -hmm. Who Shat on the Floor at My Wedding? And wow. it's about these women uh, down in like Australia area who they they were having it's it's true crime slash humor, and basically they they had their wedding on a boat and apparently somebody um, missed the toilet at their at their in the bathroom at their wedding and so the whole <laughs> point of this podcast is they're doing it like a true crime thing where they've got the detective and they're hooking people up to lie detectors and this and that and whatever trying to determine who defecated on the floor of the boat uh <laughs> at this wedding and so it's it's it just the just the, the bizarre nature of it is just so funny to me and um anyway so there's that and and then um and then uh, what else have I been watching? Um, I don't know. I've still been watching uh, The Righteous Gemstones on HBO. I've been clicking through that. And uh, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but it's got John Goodman. And uh, he's he's a, like a big preacher, you know, evangelical you know, preacher with the, the mega church and everything like that. And it's his family, and they're all dysfunctional and... And it's all the wackiness involved with that. that it's a good, it's a good show. But yeah, that that that's kind of what I've been consuming this week is is um, is Jared from Subway and uh, trying to figure out who pooped on the floor of this boat. So um, you know, highly intellectual entertainment going very, on over here. <laughs> up there. Oh yeah, no, I mean we're. We're reaching to the highest points here, but yeah, uh, every once That's in a while, great. you need a little candy for the brain every once in a while. No, you know? for sure. So. Why not? Why not? Listen, I, I I, I was watching about maybe two weeks ago when it was announced the extraction number two coming mm. out. You know, I, I watched the number one. Yeah. I think it was very good. The number two, I was like, really? Like, I wasted two hours of my life here. <laughs> Yeah, that tends to happen. I will say, I, I've mentioned it on a, pr- a prior show, but uh, I'll tell you about it. Um, I don't know if you're into um, Gary Shandling, the comedian. Uh, he did the Larry Sanders show back in the 90s, and you know he was around no. you know, whatnot. But uh, there's a documentary on him on HBO. Um, he passed away, I believe, in 2016, and it's called The Zen Diaries of Gary Shandling. And it's all about, you know, his his life growing up and, 
getting into comedy and then getting into these shows and kind of like, you know, after the the Larry Sanders show was kind of like his big hit in the 90s. And it's kind of life after that and whatever. But he was really big into meditation, very big into um, kind of, uh, you know, that that kind of um, Buddhist kind of um, culture. Yep. He, he wasn't mm-hmm. Buddhist. He was, I mean, he was Jewish, but but at the same time, you know, he very he was very into that whole culture and uh, teachings and everything. And it's just it, it ends up being a very interesting um, story because. You know, he had some trauma as a kid. Uh, his brother passed away when he was 10. And, uh, you know, it's it's like kind of how he dealt with that and whatever. It was it was a good documentary all about a guy that, check it out. you know, normally you would think it's just a comedian and he's just a funny man. But like it's it's all this like um, kind of the trauma that led to all the neuroticism and everything. That, all the baggage. In the yeah, background, yeah. Yeah. And how he dealt with that. And what's neat is all throughout they have. um uh, scenes where, you know, they have actual clips from his diary. So you see his handwriting and it's like the actual thoughts from his brain to the hand, you know, to the paper. And so it's 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 fascinating to see kind of how one of these creative types is is handling all this. I don't know. I thought it was neat. But listen, listen, I'm 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 impressed with your brain. So you go from you know who defecated in the boat to this intellectual level of, you know, a guy that doing meditation and all that. You know, I'm impressed. Right? I mean, with, you know, with extremes with extremes. I'm a renaissance <laughs> man, my friend. <laughs> I am I'm impressed. <laughs> Congrats on that. You go from one extreme to the next. You know, I mean, I like some funny stuff. Um, I'll also say um, it's been a little bit since I've watched this. But uh, if you're into sports documentaries, uh, there's a 30 for 30, you know, the ESPN 30 for 30 series. Um, mm-hmm. It's about this. Uh, I think it's called the Spirits of St. Louis. And it's all about the professional basketball team that St. Louis had before the ABA and the NBA joined to like make the NBA, the, the NBA, you know, that mm-hmm. as we, as we know yep. it now and yep. the Spirits of St. Louis uh, they were one of the teams that ended up getting cut when that merger took place. But there's a twist to it that the owners got um, a, what they what the NBA thought was a nothing deal and what turned out to be one of the biggest sweetheart deals ever. And I won't spoil it, but if you check okay. that out, it's the Spirits of St. Louis. Spirits of St. Louis. Spirits okay, of St. Louis. It's a 30 for 30. And what's interesting is like, um, oh, God, what's the NBC <clears throat> Sports broadcaster the really famous one um bob costa yes yes he got his start calling these basketball games in st louis because he's from st louis and he so he's in this documentary talking about just some of the wacky stuff that would take place at these games and everything like that i mean it was just bizarre but but no that's a really fun sports documentary if you're in you see now i have something good you know there you go (laughs) oh you're not interested in who shit on the floor at the wedding I'm telling you, it's a riveting mystery, my friend. It's a riveting mystery. Right now, I'm at the episode where we're trying to determine why Hank was hanging out in the ladies' room just talking to people as they would come in to use the bathroom. It's like, what was Hank doing in there? But anyway, so, all right. Well, why don't we now go ahead and get into our One Must Go segment here. 
We all need to live united, but one must go. Brought to you by United Cigars, makers of La Giana Havana, Abuelo, Red Anchor, Firecracker, and of course, United Cigars. Distributors of Jose Dominguez, Garofalo, Montoza, and Terra Nova, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and Bandolero. Buy United, Smoke United, Live United, United Cigars. So I'm at about the halfway point on this 1888 uh, Nicaragua, and I just did a retrohale. And the cinnamon baking spice that you mentioned um, mm-hmm. comes through very prominently when you do the retrohale at, oh, yes. at about the halfway point. So it is kind of building as it goes, but it's a nice slow build. I like it. <coughs> so... It's a fun cigar. It's it, a fun cigar. It is a and, fun and, cigar. But again, like I said, it's a cigar with personality. <laughs> so I'm gonna. I, I have two two options here, Renee, okay. and uh, I'm gonna give you the choice uh, of which one you want to do. But I'm not gonna tell you what the options are until until you know we decide. So one is perhaps a little lighter, and one is more of a um, kind of heavier deeper thought so which one do you want to do damn it uh i go with the lighter because i haven't had my first cigars and i'm waiting uh, (laughs) a little bit later to start (laughs) start getting into the introspective kind of thought yes i think better after the first cigar of the day (laughs) there we go okay so so one must go i'm going to give you four options here and we have to determine which one is the one that gets taken taken out of the picture electricity running mm-hmm. water grocery stores or roads that's electricity running water grocery stores or roads Damn it. i know because <laughs> see here's the thing we've had some really rough storms here in the st louis area over this past weekend <clears throat> and a lot of people have been without power including my folks um and uh it's also been hotter than shit here in st louis this weekend (laughs) and i contend that one of the best inventions known to mankind was air conditioning and so um between that and uh the fact that a lot of people have had their refrigerators obviously not running a lot of food has gone bad so i i can't get rid of electricity 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 is a must over there (laughs) Same with running roads, water. Same with running water. The same running water. The roads, it depends on the car that you have. Mm-hmm. Because if you have a four-wheel, like, uh, we really don't care if there is roads or exactly. not. You can move around. Exactly. So, I, I, what gro- was the other one? Grocery stores. Grocer- Listen, either, either we have grocery stores or we need to start farming. So, you have to pick one. <laughs> so- <laughs> and, you know, and you're not going to be eating for a while if you're going to have to start farming True. right now. So. so, I think just by default, the roads can go and we can change the car pretty fast. <laughs> I think you're right. I think the roads have to go. And I drive an SUV, so I feel like I'm okay there. So You're good. You're good. You're All good. All right. So, there we go. The One Must Go segment was brought to you by United Cigars. United, we smoke. All right, guys. Now, here's the time in the show where it's going to go video only for just a second as I swap out some of the audio buttons on my soundboard. So if you want to catch out, uh, catch up on what Renee and I talk about, uh, you're going to have to go on over to the YouTube and check it out there. 
All right, guys, we are back on the audio here, and I want to talk about um, PCA for a moment before we get into um, a couple other little fun things and kind of wrap this all up. Um, you and I talked before we started recording about how um, PCA obviously is coming up, you know, this weekend and into the beginning part of, of next week, um, but uh, next year it's going to be in March, and what kind of logistical challenges does that pose a company like Villiger you know when you have um the big trade show happening you know so close together in at least in this period of time you know there was obviously going to be at least one year where it came close together and then from there let me uh let me also ask in the same question here so TPE is about 60 days prior to PCA yes. Uh, next year. What are your plans uh, with TPE, if you have any? Listen, it's, it's, um, let me start with the TPE. I think that uh, we will participate at the TPE, mainly because our focus at the TPE is our machine-made cigars. Mm -hmm. So for us, it fits the profile of a company that we have. PCA is for the handmade, and the TPE, our main focus is the machine-made. We bring some of the, of the handmade cigars because the handmade segment within the TPE was uh, growing and it was becoming uh, important. I really don't know what to expect by having two trade shows so close. I mean, how much is that going to affect the handmade part of it? Yeah. You know, the, of the of that one. You know, you know that that show the TPE. They have the CBD products and they have the cannabis products and some other products. And for us, that machine-made segment is it's it's important. So for us. Overall, it's not a problem. The challenge is, what do you do with the handmade part of the TPE? And I really don't have an answer. I'm pretty sure I will talk to to the guys that organize the TPE at the at the trade show to get their, you know, thoughts on it and their plans because it was, you know, that we had at the beginning of the year the TPE, then it was a TAA, and then it was a PCA. Yeah. But now the PCA is right after the TPE. The TAA didn't have a problem, the Tobacconist Association of America Convention, and it was moved to October. Uh -huh. But you're right. When you have a trade show the last week of January and then the other one the last week or the third week of March, March. it's too, too close for the retailers to go to time to Las Vegas. It's too close for us exhibitors, the factories, to be there. Because these trade shows are not cheap. No, you know, we wanna we wanna make sure that uh, that there is some return on investment when we do these uh, exercises. So that's 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 the interesting part of that one. So again, for the TPE, for us, no big deal. We have the machine made division, and then the logistical part of having the 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 PCA now too close, or at least what is it, three four months before it was supposed to be. It is, it is, because it's not like we have, uh, we're pumping new cigars or new brands or new projects every day. It takes some time, some creativity to do it. And we were coming to being behind in all the projects because of the COVID. We're finally catching up with the situation that we have been working, you know, having the last couple of years. And then suddenly, you know, we need to switch gears again and, you know, prepare for the next it's almost like eight, seven months for that one. Yeah. Because by the time that we come, it's the end of July. We're going to be shipping August, September, the new products. And now you're talking about October, November, December, January, February. 
March, we go six months. But one of those months, the factories are closed. Yeah. So you're really talking about five to six months the most to be ready for the next round of new product. So it's going to be a challenge. I We have a project in the works, but we haven't even finalized the packaging. We haven't decided on the blend. So now we need to, okay, should we rush this or should we go there? We need to make these decisions in that one because, again, we need to be up to the state of the company, the state of the market, you know, to bring excellent cigars and not like have our cigars, you know, just because we have to be there with a new product. No, maybe we just have to be there, but we don't have to be there with a new product. Yeah. Those are the two options. Either we, if we are ready to present a new product, we will present a new product. And if not, we'll be there and we showcase our cigars. We show the love. We shake hands and kiss the babies. And, uh, <laughs> and we keep moving on, you know, presenting and supporting the PCA as an organization. So that's, those are my thoughts on, on, on that one. It's going to be challenging. It's going to be difficult. We have about six months to come with the next round of new products to present uh, to the market, which is not easy because uh, you want to compete at what I call the major leagues level and presenting the best products possible that you can precisely, uh, you know, to the market to, to showcase to the to the market. Well, and and I've heard some stories of manufacturers that maybe something that they were going to bring out this year they're just sitting back on and holding for next year you know giving a little bit more age to and everything like that and just they're just saying we're just not going to do it this year we'll do it next year that way have something um like you said maybe there's some uh, manufacturers that are are hurrying up and rushing something in order to get it ready um you know i don't know if that's the greatest um uh, strategy either but I, you know it, it's kind of an interesting situation that you guys are kind of put in what are your thoughts about the march uh date going forward though like i know this year coming up is going to be it's kind of weird because it's so close together with the july and the march but then going forward it's going to supposedly be in march you know going forward from there like what are your thoughts on on, on that time frame if if the pca was the only trade show like it used to be many months ago. Yeah. Uh, I will be March will be a perfect day. Nowadays, listen, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference because nowadays there is so much technology that as if I wanted to launch a product, I don't need a trade show to do it. Precisely. You know, there is, you see, we, we send you the samples. Yeah, direct we, email. We send the direct email. We send the package to the consumers. That exercise is even cheaper than presenting a brand at the trade show. And we have a direct communication with all the retailers. So I don't think, you know, this time and age with all the technology that we have, having the trade show on March or July, it's going to make any difference. And that's just my opinion because, I mean, maybe good for the stores to planning the year out, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but from the manufacturer point of view, I don't think so. You know, we'll get adjusted, like you said, the first year next year will be a little bit of a challenge but then after that one you know will be business as normal i don't think much is going to change other other than 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 uh, we have a new date and maybe it's not as hot as it is in vegas in july so that will be a good good positive thing (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely true um you know and one of the things that you touched on uh regarding tpe and pca that i wanted to circle back to is um i think it's i think it's good for you guys as a brand that because you offer that machine made and then also the hand you know the premium hand rolled stuff you know you do have something different to highlight 
in different shows because, um, you know, this is just me talking. I've talked with a couple of retailers, so my sample size is very, very small. So don't, you know, assume uh, nobody should take this as gospel. But I do suspect that when it's all said and done and people are able to analyze the numbers and all this kind of thing, I suspect that the people who own your traditional cigar shops and lounges uh, more that carry more of the the premium handled and and not necessarily the convenience stores and you know the, those other kind of stores I suspect that if they were told hey you've got two trade shows that are 60 days apart um, you know going <clears throat> forward which one are you gonna do they're gonna go with PCA and I would suspect no, that no, no, no I, about it, no. I think the premium cigar aspect of TPE with this move is going to dwindle down. I think that's personally, and, and again, it's just me talking, not Renee. I think this is why you've seen Altidus and General and and Drew Estate, you know, talking about how, hey, we're coming back to, to, to PCA next year, you know, and all this kind of stuff. They 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 had kind of stayed away well, for know, I, a couple I agree. years. And I think, I, agree. I think they saw the writing on the wall and said, hey, the audience is going to PCA. We need to be where the audience is. I agree. I, I, I think is that if as a traditional tobacconist, you know, you're a true tobacconist, your trade show is the PCA. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where you your focus and ninety nine percent of your business is premium cigar, your trade show is the is the PCA. So I, I have no doubt. I mean I one hundred percent agree with your statement. And uh we the companies have to follow, like you said, we have to follow the audiences. The, sure. If the audience is the PCA and your business is premium cigars, you need to be there. Uh, or at least try to be there if you can afford it, you know, to 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 be. Yeah. And that that's that that's just the way that is. It's not that complicated. And that's the reason with these changes. Let's see. Let's see what happened with the with the industry. It was interesting, or it is interesting to have two choices because that gave competition to the PCA to improve their game. That's true. And I think and I think they have done their homework to improve their game. And uh, and like anything in the free market, you need a little bit of competition to uh, you step up at the plate and keep working, baby. Nah, for sure. You don't want to get complacent and get lazy with it. So, no, I yes. think I think you make a valid point. So, well, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Now we'll come back and gossip after the show. How about oh, that? for sure. I love it. I love it. I love I love show gossip. It's even better. It's like who got drunk at the pool this year? So um all right. Well now why don't we go ahead and get into this? Guess what, motherfucker? It's time for three cigars we've smoked and enjoyed this week. And this is where I was telling you, um, this is where you can highlight uh some cigars that you've smoked and enjoyed. So um what uh, if you want to go ahead and give a shout out to your first cigar? What what what's the cigar you've smoked and enjoyed this week? Listen, one I think is a direct consequence of your show because uh, I've been smoking lately a lot of the Aladdin. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I like I like what Justo is doing with the blends. Beautiful blend. Um, I think that I told you I'm a big fan of the Honduran uh, tobacco. For sure. Uh, so I've been smoking different ones. I tend to stay with their Corojo, but I've you know I've tried the Habanos and I've been being more exposed to the brand of of that one. And this is when I think these marketing exercises are relevant because I think it's just because I hear over and over you guys talking about Aladino that it makes the name more familiar when I'm walking into the walking humidor or to a humidor into a store. For sure. So this is 
this is this is me trying to be the consumer. Let me see by listening to this show how I get affected. And it, and, and it's happened. The magic, the trick is 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 uh, there. Uh, let me well, see what I else. Mean, you know, um, with marketing, uh, what do they say? Seven touches in order yes. to for you know whatever. So I mean, you might be encountering Aladino. Uh, or, or in your case, Villiger in magazine ads or, you know, online ads or something like that. But then also, you know, we're one of those, we're just one of those touches, but it all adds up to where brand awareness to where, like you said, when you're in a humidor, you see it and you're like, oh, I've heard of that. I want to try that. True. The other one that I tried that I was also impressed was the Cabai One Connecticut, I think, from Tatuaje. Cabai One Connecticut. I, I was know. like, damn, this is a very good cigar. Yeah. For, it's made by Pepin. It's part of the Tatuaje portfolio. portfolio, And so it, it's a very good, nice Nicaraguan on the milder side of it. Very good one. Uh, and what was the other one? But I mean, the other one that I smoked that it was just a little bit too much for me uh, was El Dorado by, by, by AJ Fernandez, the New World uh, El Dorado. And I did the retro hell on that one. It's like, Damn, this is high octane, <laughs> high octane for 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 me, but uh, but impressive, you know, very good flavors, very good cigar, a little bit too strong for my for my taste, but uh, those have lately on that one. I've been smoking all kind of different things off here and there. So yeah, the Aladino. I think I have to blame you on that one. The <laughs> I'll take the, the blame for the, that. That's okay. I'll take the blame for but that. But it's usually, you know, you know, it's like that. I think that I smoked the cab I won from Tatuaje because it was a recommendation from the retailer. Yeah. Renee, you should try this one. You know, it's right there on your alley of of, of your morning uh, cigars. And uh, and El Dorado, because then is the other extreme. This is into the fuller body and it really and it really kicked me. Uh, out and on, on that one, you know, it was it was a strong uh, kick that I got in the retro hell when I was smoking the, the El Dorado. Okay, all right. Well, my first one, uh, I had it uh, the other day. It was a uh, Perdomo 20th anniversary in the Sun Grown. I really like that cigar. I I tend to go to the Sun Grown a lot from uh, from those cigars, and uh, uh, it was a great smoke. Um, my second one. Uh, you brought up Aladino. I had an Aladino uh, Cameroon in the uh, Elegante, the Lancero size. Um, I think that uh, with their Cameroon, uh, the Lancero or the Lonsdale really, really does uh, present the best flavor on those cigars. Nice. And uh, I really did enjoy it. <clears throat> and um, the last one I had is one from United Cigars. I had the, uh, the La Giana in uh, the Connecticut. Uh, I was just chilling out. And I had a La Giana, Connecticut, and it's just a nice, easy, smooth, um, you know, uh, kind of light cigar. It was my first cigar of the day, but uh, it was just a really nice cigar. I really enjoyed it. You know what? Now that you mentioned this, I remember that I was in Orlando and I stopped by some cigars with a C. The Avenue, I think is the name of the store. And they gave me this Atabay Lancero that mm. is one of the best freaking cigars that i've smoked in my life dude i'll tell you atabay <laughs> nelson alfonso there i mean like you're not gonna get a better connecticut or you know cigar than than the it was atabay. the atabay lancero cigars in the avenue i think cigars on the on the avenue cigars with a c in yeah. orlando and they come Renee, you have to smoke this and i said like damn Great cigar, but yeah, that was only once. I because I haven't been able to find it in in the local shops in yeah. in, in Miami, 
uh, but impressive. Atabay Lancero, for sure. All right, all right. Well, uh, why don't we now hear about my monthly cigars? This would normally be the time that I give some information about my monthly cigars, but I've hired that out this week, so take it away. My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service. It comes in a variety of different size boxes at affordable prices. Use offer code PULPIT and get free shipping on your first box and 20% off any items in the online store at MyMonthlyCigars.com. That's offer code PULPIT. Thanks! And guys, while you're over there at My Monthly Cigars, make sure you check out the fucking good coffee. He's got the Lounge Blend and the uh, Pulpit uh, Daily Press and all the different other flavors of fucking good coffee for you to try. Could, could you repeat the name of the brand, please? F A H K I N G. He's from Boston, so it's fucking okay. good coffee. You know? Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> it's a it's it's the best branding, man. It's fucking good. You know? It's like fucking good. Don't be a fucking loser. Try fucking good coffee. You know? So yeah, no, it's it's it's. I know. Trust love me. It, love when it, when love he first it. came out, with it, I was like, "Okay, this is where we're gonna go." I like it. <laughs> uh, so, Renee, I am down to the final third of the uh, 1888 Nicaragua here. I have absolutely loved this. I am so looking forward to. You sent me um, looks like a Toro and uh, Robusto and maybe like a like a Corona. Yeah, it's 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 the cigar is available in the three vitolas: the okay. Toro six by fifty, the Robusto five by fifty. And the Corona, that I forgot exactly what is the, the size of the, the cigar. Uh, that is the one that maybe you're smoking, you know, the little Corona. No, this is the this is the Toro. Um, the Toro. I still okay. have the uh, Robusto and the uh, and the Corona. Uh, yeah, Corona. And the Corona is five and a quarter by forty-three. There you are. So yep. five and a quarter by forty-three. So it's six by fifty, five by fifty, and the five and a quarter by forty-three. Was it? Mm-hmm. That's what it says. Mm-hmm. Good. Yes. And uh, and again, the other new thing that we have for the trade show is the Filigree Miami 2023. So those are the, the, the two things that we have and I'm looking forward going to on at Las Vegas. Firing that up at some point here, too, uh, you know, and giving that a, a nice, good, uh, good uh, relaxation time with. Uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. But um well, Vil- uh, I, I, Renee, I'm, I'm blanking here. I got all these thoughts. Renee, thank you so much for taking time out today. I really appreciate it. I really hope that Villager has a wonderful PCA trade show. Um, any retailers that are out there, if you don't carry Villager, um, go by the Villager booth if you're at the PCA show and talk to Renee. And, and, you know, at the very least, at the very least, get a sample. And while you're there at Vegas, smoke it and try it. Trust me, you'll be back to the booth before you leave town. That's all I'm saying. You'll be back. You're the best. You're and, the best, man. And if you are a Villager shop already, then do yourself a favor and expand out your section and bring in the 1888 Nicaragua. And um, I'll tell you, if that Miami 2023 is anything like that Miami in that picture right behind your head there, uh, you're going <laughs> to you're gonna want to expand out and bring in the Miami 2023 as well because – let me tell you, it lights out cigars. It's it's so fantastic. But um, seriously, oh, my friend, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for spreading the good word about uh, Filiger cigars. So we, we really appreciate all your help. Oh uh, no, it's my pleasure. My pleasure indeed. Like I said, you know, we, you know, I partner with people and products that I can get behind, 
And, you know, it's one of those things where if, if, if I don't fully believe in it, then I don't want to be telling people to try it and everything like that. So uh, when when you and I were talking, it was it was a no brainer on my part, man. The, the La Libertad, um, the uh, TAA 2020, I mean, those sealed the deal before anything even came, you know, from there. So. Good reminder. I have to send you the 2023. No, but listen, we'll be in touch and uh, we'll miss you in Las Vegas, but I hope to see I you know. soon. I know. We, well, you know, uh, I'll be down uh, in uh, Florida in mid-October. Uh, I'll be down at uh, Ash Ashen Ales or Ashen, Ashes and Ale in uh, Palm Coast. Um, Perfect. Ken, Ken, no, listen, let me Ken know. Ken Cleric uh, owns that place. Let me down. know. Let me know. We need to plan a date. You come to the office. We have some cigars. We go to lunch. You know, whatever, you know. Sounds gossip wonderful. Of the, gossip of the air. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We get that. Actually, I do have like one or two things when we're done recording here. The, so don't bail off the Zoom just yet. But anyway, okay. uh, Renee, Bye-bye. thank you so much for your time. And guys. Thank you, my friend. This, this has been another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm Nick. That's Renee. Everybody stay safe and stay smoky.